Welcome to the Revisited Podcast. Uh, I'm Ben. I am Kristen. And this is the loosest intro we have ever done to any of these because uh, this is the first official episode, one, of us being back, mm-hmm. and two, since the name change. Mm-hmm. Uh so, well, it, it's so it's so loose that I didn't know I was supposed to say I'm Kristen until you paused <laughs> because I was writing something down. I go, I'm Kristen. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's th- this episode is going to be very loose, very free flowing, uh, f- mainly because we have nothing scripted. We have no agenda. Uh, I have notes. You have notes for the episode, yes, but I mean, as far as like the intro, we haven't formatted anything yet, yeah. and I don't, I don't want that to come across as in like we're very unprepared because we've had this scheduled for a while, and it's more. Th- we're treating this episode one just to kind of quickly recap where we left off on season five, the first five episodes that we covered, and two, this is a shake the rust off episode yeah. for me. Um, you know, we were pretty well in a flow of how we were going and what we were doing. So now this is kind of like, we can't jump right back into it. Let's use this to kind of readjust and go to it. I'm excited. It was, uh, for me, it was really exciting to get back into this world. Um, I love it so much. And it was fun because my husband, Dave, he, he never finished the show. He never got past like season three or something like that. So, you know, we're starting and he sits down with me to watch it. Um, You know, it's the beginning of season five and he's just looking at it going, what on earth is happening? (laughs) And so so it was really fun to watch it with him because he's just sitting here going, why are they all not on the island? I don't understand. <laughs> well, because I mean, like, I rewatched all all the five episodes yesterday, the day before we were we were recording right now, and obviously yesterday is the day before we were recording. Uh, already off to a bang and start, Ben. Um, and we got, I got, I got to the end of episode five, and episode five is literally. We're, we'll talk a little bit about it in more in detail in a few minutes, but the end of episode five is literally right before the point where they are headed back to the mm-hmm. island, and it start. And at that point is when it starts to get really good. That's where we meet Lafleur and a bunch of the, you know, uh, and like Namaste and all that stuff. And it's like, why did we stop there? This was when it was getting really good. Oh yeah, because I started teaching and my and it was like eighteen hour days. <laughs> well, I mean, I understand why we actually stopped, but it, right. it got to the point where I was like, and then I thought about it and I was like, you know, if there was any point to stop, that was probably it because past this is where it does begin to really pick up for this season. Yeah. And I, and I feel that we really have to kind of like stay on top of it from here on out, just because it gets like just the moving parts of, of just the characters and where we are. I mean, you know, my Dave, he made a really good point. Uh, We were like, well, the second or third episode in and he looks over at me and he said, okay, so we're just going to play with time willy nilly. Like there's just, (laughs) we're we're just going to guess. And I said, yeah, that's basically it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's, Pretty much. I mean, and even like even rewatching, I started picking up on a couple things that I don't think we ever discussed 
when we were covering it the last time, which mm-hmm. I, I think is going to make it more fun diving back into this because now, even though you and I have both seen the show a number of times, we've seen all these episodes a number of times and we were kind of just going with it week to week. We're still going to be going with it week to week, but now it's almost with fresh. I sort of refreshed, refreshed eyes makes sounds better than fresh put in eyes. some eye drops. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. We got the red out. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So, um, like now I'm, I'm really interested to see like, uh, kind of like with a rested mind, what I'm going to pick up going forward now with these, with these new episodes. Um, cause some of this stuff is not fresh in our heads anymore. No. And honestly, I wanted to kind of take a deeper dive uh, in these first five episodes, but I thought that we would just keep it light and just kind of go over everything. And then next week we can really start to kind of dig in because there's a lot going on in these five episodes. But if you want to listen to the five episodes that uh, we, we did actually talk about these five episodes in previous recordings. So if you want to go to um, the new website that Ben has, that he spent a lot of time um developing all of those episodes are available so you can listen to this episode and then if you want to hear about you know all five episodes individually those are already recorded and those are already put out so that's i think that's pretty cool um well done on that transition by the way yeah thanks um because you knew i wanted to bring that up and you just (laughs) went right into it you well done well done um, but yeah, no, as Kristen this mentioned, this is not my I, first rodeo. No, it is not. Um, <laughs> as, as Kristen mentioned, we, you know, in addition to the new name for the show and, you know, new ideas going forward, the show now has a brand new website and I put a lot of time and effort into this website. And the cool thing about it is one, uh, all of the episodes are now available and organized on the website. You can hit them by season, which is cool, or you can just go through them all at once. Uh, you can play them right directly on the website or all the links to where you su- can subscribe to the podcast, whether it be on Apple, Spotify, Audible, Amazon, wherever you want to subscribe. All the links are right there directly on the website. Uh, all the links to our social media are right there on the website. So everything is in one spot, including the ability to leave us feedback. Uh, There is a link at the top of the page to leave us feedback. So you can go, you don't have to email us anymore. You can go right to the website, leave us feedback right there. And if you want to leave us a voicemail, which people have done in the past, like our friend Steve and our friends, Des, uh, our friend Des, you can do that right on the website now too. There's a little microphone button at the bottom right-hand corner of the website. Push that button, and it allows you to record the voicemail right there on the website. It limits you to two minutes. Um, so if your voicemail is longer, just send us another one, Just and we'll combine them, and that's fine. Or you can email it to us. Editing. <laughs> I, I do enough editing as it is already. I'm fine with just combining two voicemails. It's, it's totally fine. Uh, so if your voice if your voicemail is fine with it. Yeah, I'm fine with it. You've heard it here. Uh, <laughs> revisitedpod.com is the website. It's now the all-in-one stop for everything. Leave us feedback. Leave us a voicemail. Subscribe to the podcast. Find us on social. Or just listen right to the podcast right on the website. 
we haven't done it with this episode, but going forward, next episode, as we're starting to deep dive back into this, we're going to do video versions of everything now as well. So you'll get to see Kristen and I's lovely faces. Um, I don't know if that's a good or bad thing for me, at least. Uh, I got to get a background because nobody <laughs> wants this background. <laughs> uh, but the cool thing about that is, too, the videos uh, also on the website. You'll be able to watch them right directly on the website as well. Everything. One stop shop. Revisitedpod.com. Uh, so go there, check everything out. And as Kristen said, if you want to go back and listen to our deep dives into these past five episodes, that's probably the best way to do it. Now, everything is right there. Just click on episodes, click on season five and boom, you'll see uh, everything there, uh, even including a tab for uh, I, I don't I Chris, I don't even think I brought this up to you. I saw the interview tab. Well, there's an interview tab in which we had MC Ganey who played Tom Friendly on the podcast. I love him. Um, I, I recently reconnected with uh, with MC uh, a couple days ago. Good. I, I was watching Justified, as you have been trying to get me to do for a while. Uh, and at the end of season one, MC Ganey is a character in uh, in the series. And I, I emailed him on a whim and said, hi, like I haven't spoken to you in a while. I don't know if you remember me. And... You know, you were on the podcast. I just want to say I've been watching Justified, saw you as a character, made me think of you, and I wanted to reach out. And when you know it, he responded, absolutely remembers us, had a great time on the podcast, hopes we're both doing well, and uh, is actually open to coming back on again a little bit later on down the road. Yay! I love him. MC was great. Yeah. But I've been talking enough. I've been gushing about a podcast I built. Uh, the podcast. <laughs> about Damn a website. It, a website that I built. So, yeah, yeah that took me a while. Because I had to, I did good. it for my Wilhelm. I did it for my Wilhelm podcast, too. Well, it looks really good. It looks really professional. It looks really good. I was very impressed. So, I'm, like, very impressed that I'm even a part of this with how good the website looks. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, progression of a podcast is, uh, you know, it's... It happens. I mean, if you go back and listen to our first episode as compared to composed to now, um, our composure, our our research, even the sound quality, everything is different. And that's with every podcast. And that's I mean, how it should be. Yeah. If yeah. you're not growing, you're not growing. <laughs> I mean, unless you're somebody, I mean, not, I don't even want to say unless you're somebody like, you know, like the smart list gang or like, you know, celebrities that do podcasting that have actual professional studios producing their podcast, right. even they grow and change. So it's right. You know, it happens. Well, why don't we uh, get into this? <sighs> yes. So how do you want to do this as my voice cracks? Um, yes. Do Ross. You... <laughs> what was that? Yes. Ross. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> oh, I hear an I hear a device talking, it's and I think mine. it's it's playing freaking Lionel Richie. What is happening? I hear nothing on my end. Okay, I stopped it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have a, I have a I have a new device literally right next to my desk now because I got it for free, and it's one of the ones with the big screen. And all of a sudden, I saw Spotify pop up with All Night Long by Lionel Richie playing. All night like, long, all okay. 
All right. But if you couldn't hear it, then that's good. <clears throat> my mic settings are, are well done. So as I was saying, how do you want to do this? Do you want to just kind of do brief summaries of the episodes? Do we want to focus on like where the characters are at at this point? Well, so I have a couple of um, a couple of things jotted down for, you know, the five episodes kind of like overall. And then, you know, there's a couple of things. I mean, I feel like um, when you look at these episodes, what lost is still doing even into season five is they're giving everybody their, they're giving, you know, characters, their own centric episodes, even though we're not doing flashbacks anymore. We're in, we're kind of in flash everywheres right now, mm-hmm. just because the Island is dislodged. So, but we're also looking at what is happening three years <clears throat> after the oceanic six, um, after the o- oceanic six, were, you know, quote unquote rescued. Um, you know, we're, we're with them three years later. However, on the Island, we're with them right after the freighter disappears and the Island starts skipping. So we're everywhere in time on the Island. And then we're three years later on the mainland. Um, and, and you're kind of thrown into this, you know, scattered point of view um, from the get-go, mm-hmm. which I think is really interesting. I think that the way, in the, the especially in these first five episodes, the way that they've played with time um, has been really fun. I guess, I, uh, you know, I totally forget how many times that island actually skipped, especially at the end, um, you know, when it was skipping like every f- five minutes, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, because like you said, when it comes to the people that got off the island, the Oceanic Six, we're getting three years into the future mm-hmm. of where we were. Uh, so that's a a flash forward. Mm-hmm. And then with the survivors, as just like you mentioned, the island is skipping everywhere. But in those skips, we're getting flash forwards. We're getting flash presents. We're getting flash pasts. Like we're getting everything with that group. I mean, and. Like right. you mentioned, in all the skips, we're getting to a couple days after the boat, le- after the fr- freighter left. We're getting back to the 80s when Rousseau and her group showed up. We're going back to the original Dharma initiative arriving in at the, the group. 50s. We're going back to when the temple was still there, to before the orchid, after the orchid, before the hatch, after the hatch, uh, to that a was future. Really... Go ahead. I was, and the only one, the only only one I was going to mention is a future with Richard Alpert telling Locke, like your friends are gone, they're all fine, but you need to get them back. And it's like, okay, yeah, it's it's literally everywhere at this point. Yeah, so that's interesting that you bring up the orchid and Richard Alpert because I think that we we learn some things here that I don't think that you really learn on first watch. I think that you learn it on second, third, and fourth watch that, you know, Richard Alpert obviously doesn't age. Um, I don't mm-hmm. know if we know that before season five, cause I'm rusty. As you said, I think we're kind of, we're under the impression that there is something with him because different seen, about Richard. We've seen him already in the past when he approaches John Locke as a child, uh, which is now, we get in these episodes, this is it because there is a moment where John Locke in the past tells him to, you know, to find him and he receives 
the compass that Richard Alpert presents to John Locke mm-hmm. when he visits him as a child, when he sees the knife, the compass, and there was another item there, and I can't remember what it was. I think it was a book of some kind. And he tells him he chose the wrong item because the child John Locke chooses the knife. Mm-hmm. Well, now we know what the right item was. Mm-hmm. It's the compass. Because John, from the future, at least to Richard, mm-hmm. gave him the compass that Richard Alpert gave him to give to himself. So who had the compass from the get-go, do you think? I don't know. It's it's weird because it's almost like these are set moments in time that this compass is meant to travel in, in a full circle, because we know that the first time we see the compass, Richard Alpert is, is presenting it to John Locke, and then he collects it back because John didn't take it. John didn't choose the wrong, the right item. The next time we see the compass is Richard Alpert meeting. If you go in a timeline. Okay, so if you go in, if you go in timeline order, <laughs> no, John the compass Locke, is a mind f. It is. So if you go in timeline order, the first thing is John Locke gives the compass to Richard Alpert. The right. next, the next one further down the timeline, Richard Alpert goes to visit John Locke as a child, presents him with the compass in which he doesn't choose it. He collects it and he takes it back. The next time we see the compass in the timeline is Richard Alpert giving it to John Locke in the future, which mm-hmm. then completes the circle. And sends it back again because John then goes back to the past to give that compass to Richard Alpert. And the circle repeats. So my question is, where where was the compass before this? Who I, there's had no, it before? You know what I mean? There's no answer. It is and, a, and I think that that is really what, what's really cool about that is that it is a compass. It's not a watch. It's not a knife. It's not anything. It's a compass. And it's about – and and that is such – It points north, such a great points north john i love that <laughs> but in when you look at the compass the compass is actually representative of um of time of direction of where where are you going john what is your path what what is going on here and richard at the same time richard knows all richard knows is that this man from the future came in the 50s and said i'm going to be born on this day in this city i'm i, I don't know why i'm here because i'm not even born yet and so Richard thinks, wow, that's amazing, right? And he thinks that that means John is the one or the chosen one to lead the group, when in reality, the island is just skipping because Ben fucked up. So you think you think to yourself, like, John is just this pawn, and you have this compass, and the compass is supposed to light the way for who? Not for John, because we know that, you know, John is really insignificant in the grand scheme of this story. Well, yeah, because I mean, even mentioning that whole thing of John as John as a pawn, it's something we've touched base on before in the past. The manipulation and, of John Locke, exactly. Like yep. John Locke is a relative, as as much of a leader as he seems, and as important as he seems to be throughout this. And this is getting into spoiler territory. So, if you're not familiar with the podcast, apologies, we do talk spoilerish to. Oh yeah, we the usually rest. say that at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, we forgot to, we forgot to mention it this time, but um, we do we do bring up spoilers as to the rest of season five and season six, mm-hmm. and you know you start to realize, especially into season six, that as much as you as important as you think John Locke really is, he is nothing more than a pawn, because at this point, John in the coffin 
is legitimately John. He is legitimately dead. There is no Mm -hmm. if, ends, or buts about it. You don't realize this until later on into season five and especially into season six. Um, You know, but Ben tells him, like, you you have to, like, you might have to die. Or is it Richard that tells him you have to die? I can't remember. Richard. It is Richard that tells him you have to die. Okay. So, like you do realize that John is nothing more than a pawn. So it was mm-hmm. very interesting that you did say that. Um, so, I mean, it, it it is all of the, we've talked about this before, but all of these characters, I think legitimately are chess pawns between the man in black and Jacob, mm-hmm. who would, again, we dive deeper into this into season six, but this compass in essence is just another piece on the board mm-hmm. because it's helping with the movement of all these pieces. Right. And John is just so desperate for meaning to his life that he's the perfect pawn for this because mm-hmm. he needs, he needs to know that everything is hap- that has happened to him in his life because he's had a pretty shitty life. Everything that's happened to him in his life has to mean something has to culminate to this. You he's know, gullible. He's to a, naive. To a degree. He's naive. Naive. That's a better word for it. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a, a naive is a better word for it than gullible. Gullible makes him seem like he's he's weak and he's he's certainly not a weak character. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you're right. There are some things about these episodes that you kind of take notice of upon the second, like the third or fourth watch, because kind of not to break away from the compass or the Richard Opera conversation, but one of the things actually two of the things that I mentioned that kind of go hand in hand with each other is that there are two things mentioned in this episode. One thing that's mentioned and one thing that kind of makes you realize Hurley is a wanted man. He's wanted. (laughs) He's, he's, he's wanted for murder. Um, He's witnessed triple murder. Yeah, he's witnessed at the scene of a crime where two other men die. Um, so he's now one for them, even though Ben says he can clear him of the charges to get him out of prison. Um, and then there is another moment where Ben tells Jack, pack everything you want because you're not coming back. Think about those two characters and where they end up at the end of this series. Mm-hmm. These are the two characters that do not come back from the island. Hurley stays and Jack perishes on the island. So Ben, in essence, was right to tell Jack, pack your things. You're not coming back. None of them go back. Well, no, they all get some of them get off the island again at the end because Lapidus flies them off the island in the plane. Desmond gets off the island. Um, all right. All right. Claire, we'll Claire gets off later. the island. There's yeah. At the end of season six, there are a number of them that do get off the island. Maybe. To return home to their lives. Maybe. Um, I don't think there's a maybe about it. I think they do. Maybe. We'll talk about it when we get to the finale. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, again. <laughs> I can't wait I, to argue with you and, and and our special guest. Yeah. <laughs> our returning <laughs> guest for that. I love that we have a guest already for the finale. And we're not even. We're months let's, away. Let's just get through season five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's finish season five first. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's. God, and then there's those those moments that even though we've seen them before are still kind of give me like a heartbreaking sense. Yep. I mean, in particular, Sun deciding to go back to the island. Well, she leave. hasn't decided yet. 
Yes, she does. At the end of Not- episode five, she does. At the end of episode five, she agrees to go with Ben back to the island. She hasn't agreed yet. I yes, just watched yes, she, the episode. She tells Ben says, will you go back? And then Ben gives her the ring, gives her Jin's ring to prove that Jin is still alive. And she says, yes, I will help you. I that's how the, that, that's literally the end just of the episode. the episode. Um, but again, that's a heartbreaking moment because son is deciding to leave her child behind to go back to the island to rescue Jin. And Jin doesn't but, want to be rescued. And Jin doesn't want to be rescued. That's that's the tragedy right there. Jin is sacrificing his life for for his family, and he's mm-hmm. and he's begging John Locke, please, please, I don't want to be found. I don't want to be rescued. Just let them have their life. And it's completely ignored. I mean, I I would feel betrayed if well. When- I, I agree with you. He has a right to feel betrayed, but in all actuality, John lived up to his promise. John never told son. And That's John true. was the, Jin was the one that told John, don't tell son that I'm alive. And, but why did no, he, you're right. But uh, my question is, why would he give her his ring then? Because that's proof of his, of, of his life. Because he wants, he wants John to say, we buried him. Like, here, I've seen his body. Here's oh, his okay. ring. You know okay. what I mean? Yeah. So, and in this case, Ben is saying, here's his ring. He is alive. You know? So, I mean, that ring says two different things, right? And it just depends on how you're going to deliver. It, it's it's manipulation again, right? So From the that, master manipulator, uh, Ben Linus. So that's another thing that I wanted to talk about is that I think that season five Ben is the best Ben that we get. I completely agree. Because you just want to believe that he is doing everything to help, but he's so sleazy and manipulative and secretive about all of it that you can't help but just question it every single episode. Mm-hmm. And he always knows so much more than the audience, than the other characters. And it's so hard to just keep up with his own personal mental chess game. Yeah. It's and I, I completely agree with that. And I mean, I've I've made no qualms about it. I've mentioned this in past episodes before. Ben Linus is my favorite character in this series. And that's saying mm-hmm. a lot considering he was a character who was only supposed to be in a handful of episodes and then became such a masterfully well put together character that he's remains for the rest of the series and becomes an important part of this series. Nonetheless, that's like well. Andy Dwyer on uh, parks and recreation. Yeah. was literally supposed to be the boyfriend for a couple, for like one or two episodes and then yep. became a fan favorite. They're and was like, there. let's get rid of Mark Brandanowitz instead. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, like and I think I was already a huge fan of Ben Linus at this point in time, but season five, I think is what solidified the fact that season he five is Ben Linus is. Character. Yeah, he's great. He's great. And I love it too. When, um, who was it? John, was it with Ethan? I think it was with Ethan when John was being held at gunpoint, uh, by Ethan. And he goes, I was sent by Ben Linus and Ethan just starts laughing at him because we know later that during that time, Ben Linus is a kid. Wait, do we know for sure at that point, Ben was a kid? We know later, we know later. 
So on second watch, when we're watching that, we know why he's laughing. Wait, how is that possible though? Because Ethan's not, Ethan doesn't, Ethan grows old like Richard Alpert and Ethan worked with Ben. Ethan worked with Ben as a kid too. Ethan was there when he was growing up. I wasn't he? Ethan, no, I don't think so because oh. Ethan was the Ben was the one that sent Ethan to the plane when when he they saw the plane when they saw eight one five break apart he was right. the one that sent Ethan because and he was older so I don't no I understand e- that Ethan is around the same age as Ben they would not they would have been kids together actually I think, I think Ethan's I think Ethan is younger than Ben hmm. so I think but what what is interesting about that though is the fact that when Ethan showed up and saw John Locke, the first question he asked him is, how many of you are there? Which, if you think about that, when Ben sent Ethan to the 815 crash, mm-hmm. that was one of the questions he he sent him to find out, was mm-hmm. find out how many there are, find out how many survivors there are, blend in and, and, and such. So when Ethan runs into John Locke, that's the first thing he tries to find out is like how many survivors are there? Which hmm. to me was Ben did the same thing then with that plane that he did with 815. Interesting. He sent Ethan to find out how many survivors there are. Okay. Okay. I'll I don't think, you. I don't think Ben was a kid at this point in time. I think this okay. is. And I don't know why time. Ethan was laughing. <laughs> well, because think about it. Think about the timeline. This is, we know who's in that plane. This is Remy. This is Echo's brother. Yeah. And, that that was not in the past. That was relatively in the present day. Well, it was still in the past. Yeah, but it wasn't that far in the past that Ben would have been a kid. No, this no. Is... Uh, well, no, it wouldn't have. But I mean, it was, I would say, it, I mean, it was a lot of years because Echo's brother had um, mummified pretty much. True. But when you're in like a rainforest environment that tends to happen pretty quickly i still agree with you that it was a number of the plane was sitting there for a number of years yeah but i don't think it was like decades i think it was on maybe like maybe like three or four years i think this is i think this is pretty close to present day ben at this point i don't think he's a kid i do like it when they were playing with time uh, where like with that plane episode with, with, with the plane location where it was First it crashed, then time skipped and the plane was like old, then time skipped and it was smoking again. The plane was smoking again. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, same thing with the orchid station. You know, first they show up and the orchid station is there. Then it's just a well. Then it's just a rope in the ground. You know, so that was a lot of fun. To see how <laughs> I, th- I think you played. can let go of the rope now. <laughs> <laughs> From miles. You know what I though? Think- I mean... Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say real quick too, in regards to the plane. And correct me if I'm wrong on this too, but I, th- I think it was fine. I think it was interesting because isn't this the second time John has seen that plane crash? Because the first time it was a vision. That's how he knew the plane was there. Oh, oh! This I think time right. it was real. That's crazy. Yeah. So this is actually the second time he saw that plane crash. And it wasn't until he saw the Virgin Mary statue in the grass that he realized this is the real. 
Because John at this point doesn't know he's jumping through time. Right. Well, I think he does. I think that he pretty much okay. gets it. Yeah, it's more Jin that doesn't realize it until he meets Rousseau. That's right. he's the one. Yeah, he's the one that doesn't really realize he's jumping through time. I okay. I do like it when he's like, "What year?" and she's like, "1988." And he's like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> In his own Jane way or Jin way. Jin's brain is like broken by this. That, that was a, that was another thing. That's a great reveal with Jin, with watching this. You know these people, Danielle's people that you really, I don't think you know who these people are in the life raft. And then they're like talking in French. There's no subtitles. So there's no way to really know like what they're saying at all. And yeah. they, they go over and they, they flip over the man that's on the wreckage and it's Jen. And you're like, Oh my gosh, Jen is alive. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Well, one of the most fun things about all that playing out too with me was the fact that because I've I've been away from the show for a little over a year and a half. And, yeah. you know, that, even though we had already seen this when we covered these episodes, then what was fun about it was there was a part of me as I was watching this, because there's that scene where Rousseau comes out of the woods and she's pointing the gun at, um, I forget her boyfriend's name at the time, um, the father of the child. And yeah. she's pointing the gun at him after you, we had already heard Rousseau, adult Rousseau, say like her entire party went crazy, crazy, and she she killed them all. I'm sitting there watching this scene play out as she's pointing the gun at him, and he's begging for his life, and he's pleading. And there's a part of me that's like, "Wait a minute! So was Rousseau the crazy one, and they were all normal?" And then he pulls the gun on her. I was like, "Nope, she was right. It's go. Cool. Nope, I he's crazy. Yep, he's crazy." <laughs> she 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 was a woman of her word. She wasn't crazy. She had to kill them all. Yeah. Oh, and that was another cool time skip was, um, <clears throat> was the, uh, the arm. Yeah. And then, you know, it was like a fresh arm and then the time skipped and all of a sudden John's there, he's alone and there is, no, Jin's there, he's alone and there is a decomposed arm Yeah. on the, on the ground. So I thought <clears throat> just the ways that they indicated that, you know, okay, now we've gone clearly forward in time. Okay. Now we've gone back in time, you know? So there's like those little markers, uh, that the Island kind of lets these people know where they've gone in time. Yeah. Which is cool. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's just been, it's been fun rewatching these five to kind of dive into that. But one of the other things I kind of want to talk about, and I'm sure you mm -hmm. have notes on this too, is I want to dive into the Whitmore of it all because, we we've met for it. we've met a number of these characters and i think one of the most fun points of these shows of these five episodes is the the stuff with faraday because faraday is another character is another character that i know is a favorite of both of ours and you know the it's it's interesting because as definitively um God, I'm I'm at a I'm at a loss of words. I'm jumbling over my words. But as as sure and confident as Daniel is, that time cannot be changed. Whatever happens has happened. You cannot change it. He's the one that makes the attempt to change it, and it's because he knows there's something special about Desmond. Mm -hmm. We know there's something. Well, Desmond, special about Desmond is his constant. Yes, and he knows that Desmond is his constant. But what does that, how does that make it different, though? I mean, and that's kind of what these five episodes explore. 
and doesn't really explain as of yet. Mm -hmm. All we know is that it gives Desmond a new memory because it's, it's, it's interesting to me that Sawyer banging on the back door of the hatch didn't get Desmond to come to the door, but we know Desmond heard it. Because when Faraday does it and Desmond opens the door, he says, are you the one that's been banging on my door for the past 40 minutes? So doesn't that technically mean that it can be changed? It You can interact with the past. I mean, that it, it's it's the back to the future theory. Like, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> you can. But I think that in this case, it was, you know he's not asking him to really do anything except he's going to speak some weird words into him, hoping that it's going to get into Desmond's subconscious in the present, whatever the present is. Well, yeah, because it creates, as we find out when he wakes up next to Penny, like Penny says, you know, it was just a nightmare. And he's like, no, it's a memory, Mm -hmm. which I thought about that. And I was like, well, how would you determine what is a nightmare and what is a memory? And I think what it is, and because I don't know, I know this has happened to me a number of times, and I'm sure, I don't know if it's happened to you, but I know other people can kind of attest to it as well. When you have a very vivid dream, you wake up and you realize how vivid that dream is. But from mm-hmm. the moment you wake, it starts to digress and it starts to go away. Mm-hmm. You tend to forget within seconds to minutes of waking up, your your brain kind of, erases it and you tend that's why a lot of people like keep dream journals because they tend to wake up and write it down immediately after they wake up because your brain kind of erases it over a short very short truncated period of time Mm -hmm. but if it remains that vivid even after the point of you woke up of you waking up it's now a memory right and i think that's how desmond was able to determine no, this is a memory. I can remember this clear as day. Right. Right. And it's a new memory. It's a fresh memory. So mm-hmm. you probably know it a little bit better. But, you know, I mean, just like Penny is Desmond's constant and Desmond is Daniel's constant, you know, I think that that probably creates some sort of a telepathic link between the two of them somehow, um, maybe. You know, and maybe that's why Daniel's uh, nose never bleeds is because he's already seen Desmond, who's his constant. He's already been grounded to what's going on and he's trying to fix, you know, the present and trying to get everything kind of fixed for them and get them rescued or get time to eventually stop skipping. Um, So maybe that has something to do with why uh, Daniel felt that he could communicate with Desmond because if Sawyer had communicated with Desmond, it probably would have gone all kinds of wrong. True. Yeah. Uh, Maybe, maybe that's just it. Like you said, maybe it's the, it, you have to interact with a constant in order for time to remain the same. Otherwise it becomes completely wonky. Um, you know, it becomes, you know, as Dr. Who puts it, timey, wimey, wibbly, wobbly. Um, you know what I'm just realizing too? And I don't know if this is anything we've brought up in the, in, our coverage the first time or not is we talked about the circle of the compass. There's also kind of circle of the constant because Mm. look at who is who look at who is who's constant. 
and it's the Whitmore. I say the Whitmore out of it all, and that kind of is it because we have Penny, who is Desmond's constant. Penny is the daughter of Charles Whitmore. Yep. Uh, Daniel or Desmond is Daniel's constant. Daniel is also a child of a Whitmore who we find out later. Well, he's Eloise Hawkins. But was, I think Charles Whitmore was his father. Oh, okay. That's what I thought too. Yeah, because Daniel, Daniel and Penny are brother and sister, half brother and sister. They're half brother and half sister. They don't know it. Right. But they are half brother and half sister because through Charles Whitmore. Yeah. They just I have think, different mothers. I think that I thought at the beginning of this that it was Charlotte that was Charles Whitmore's daughter. But as as well as Penny, not I thought that Daniel was just Eloise Hawkins's uh son. So I think but you're right on that one. It it, it he is a product of Charles and Eloise Hawking. Yes. And then Penny is uh, Charles's daughter. So through a it, through a different wife, right? Yeah, through a different mother. Because it's crazy how they're all connected, you know. Well, and think- I love how weirdly they're all connected. It's like the six degrees of Kevin Bacon, but it's really the six degrees of Charles Woodmore. Well, think about it because we also have the same same thing through the shepherds, right? With Claire and Jack. With Claire and Jack, they're mm-hmm. half brother and half sister. Now Jack eventually does find out about that. Um. But, you know, unlike, uh, you know, unlike Daniel and, and Penny, who never realized that they're related. But which is sad. Yeah, we get the same thing with Jack and, and Claire, who are half brother, half sister mm-hmm. through Shepard, mm-hmm. through Jack's father. Like, for the life of me, I can't remember his, his father's first name. Christian Shepard. Christian. That's it. That's it. So it's just weird how there's like, you're right. Like there's all these, these six degree elements that are happening that aren't even six degrees. They're like two to three degrees. Right. Um, you know, and it's just, we, I mean, it's in when the show first began and they started really teasing all that stuff, it turned into like, Oh, well, these guys are connected because, you know, Sawyer was here in the background. What, doing while this character was doing this this character was here while this character was doing this which connected all the castaways and then it goes even deeper and like no no like they're related related you're like Like, hold my beer exactly (laughs) this is like dna blood relation right a lot of these characters these characters you think they're connected now Mm -hmm. just wait right right i just think that that's so cool i love it i love it so much yeah, I'm 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 it's funny because when we were taking this break over the show, I didn't watch any of it. I, I, I always had it in my head how much I love this show, which is one of the reasons why we started podcasting on it. Mm-hmm. And then I started watching these five episodes and I got through them relatively quickly. Back right. To back yeah, to me back. too. And I'm like, man, I forgot how much I love this show. I forgot how much I love podcasting on this show. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm so excited that we're back to it. And I can't wait, especially now. Again, these first five are kind of the buffer to what sees to the real meat. This is the appetizer 
to the meat of what season five is going to be. Yeah, I'm really excited. This is a set, and especially like these five episodes, like all the way to the end of this place's death. It's such a good like five episode arc. It's almost like this complete story. And then it's like right when they go into the church to see Eloise Hawking at the very end of episode five, you're like, okay, here we go. Yeah. And that's, that's very cool. I think, because now we know that, you know, Locke has probably righted the wheel. Uh, Cause he was at the wheel at the very end, just like, just like Ben was. Mm. And um, you know, we've got, a few of our survivors in the church, uh, son and Jack are really good people to start with, you know, son can get Kate on board and, uh, you know, Jack, Jack can't do shit. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, he can help Saeed after he's been tranquilized. Yes, he did. He brought Saeed back. Very good, Jack. Good job. Good job, Jack. (laughs) Well, but it's also, it's also keen to note too, that, you know, one of the things we've said about Jack going forward, you know, up until this point is that he suffers from the hero complex. Mm-hmm. And we saw that disappear for a little while. And I feel like it's almost coming back again now because he's the one that is determined to get everybody back to the island to save everybody. Although that's kind of a master manipulation by Ben. Well, Jack has also made a real mess of his life since arriving back on the mainland from the island. He's got a substance abuse problem. He lost his relationship with Kate. Looks like he's been suspended from his job. You know, I mean, he's a mess. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that he worked and he, and he didn't realize that he worked best on this island. And um, I think he's desperate to get back to a place where he feels needed and useful. Well, I mean, and that's another interesting dynamic, too. As I mentioned earlier, the two characters that we know don't come home from the island and Hurley and Jack is that at this point, they're kind of complete opposites. They both both of their lives are a total mess at this Mm -hmm. point. Like you mentioned, everything about Jack Hurley is in lockup. He's in mental institutions. He's an escaped convict. He's wanted for murder. But it's very interesting. The dynamic between the two is that one is desperate to get back to the island and the other one doesn't. Well, the other one's desperate to forget that it ever happened. Probably because he blames his what the mess of his life on that island. But it, at the same time, like, why wouldn't you want to escape all of that? Although, well, Hurley, why would you want to go Hurley back to the place that you feel? Because he he lied, and he didn't want to lie. And the lie drove him mad. Mm-hmm. Right? And then he has people visiting him. And he sees Charlie. And, you know, he... <clears throat> He's on his own weird trippy journey on the on the mainland. And I think that he I, I truly think that Hurley probably thinks that he is going crazy. Not to mention that Sawyer jumped off that helicopter to make sure that Hurley stayed on the helicopter because yeah. of the weight issue. And so, you know, with how deeply Hurley feels things, that probably never went away either. You know, he's he's the complete opposite with Jack in respect to the way that they feel too. I mean, Jack has no bedside manner, no empathy, no real uh, sense of other people. I, I don't know how to say that. I mean, I just don't think he's in, he wants to get back to the Island, not to help others, but because he can help others because it'll make him look better. It'll make he's, him feel, feel useful. 
he's thinking very selfishly at this point. Right. And yeah. Hurley, Hurley is the complete opposite of that. Hurley thinks about everybody else before he thinks about himself. And the, I think that's the biggest dynamic between those two characters. So it's interesting that you bring them to those two up as, you know, um, kind of complete opposites and, and, and what happens to them on and off the Island. Yeah. It's just, I, I found it so intriguing, like thinking about it in that there are two characters whose lives are both a total mess at this point, mm-hmm. but they're complete opposites as to whether or not they're going to return to the Island. I mean, right. Hurley goes as far as to, throw him like as to run out of his house in front of cops when he's a wanted man to be locked up just so he does not have to work with Ben to get back to this island. Right. I mean, that's how desperate he is to not go back. Well, and don't forget, Saeed said, run away from Ben. Do not believe Ben. Don't go with him. Don't do anything with Ben, period. Yeah. So, you know, Hurley took that as okay, I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that I don't get into Ben's clutches. Yeah. Um, one of the other characters that I want to bring up uh, who we really haven't talked about yet is Sawyer. Because... Oh, honest, okay. <laughs> it's... I, I, I'll keep this very short and then whatever notes you have on top of it, uh, you know, we'll bring up. Because, you know, we've said this before in rewatching the series and actually diving deep into it rather than just watching it, I've gained so much more appreciation for the character of Sawyer over mm-hmm. the past four seasons of covering the show. And that still continues to this day, but kind of being able to step back and rewatch it again, I, I kind of took notice that the Sawyer of old kind of started to come back in these first five episodes. And it was more out of desperation, but it was desperation of, wanting to know what happened to those people on the helicopter, the people on the freighter, but more specifically Kate more than anybody else. He thinks everybody's dead. Well, yeah. And he kind of everybody that he's lost, that he, he grew to care for with the exception of Juliet and Frogert. Um, (laughs) Frogert doesn't count. I just wanted to say that name Um, with the exception of Juliet, everybody that he grew to care about Kate Hurley, son, Jen, like, everybody he now assumes they're gone everybody is dead or completely missing he doesn't know what happened to them and it kind of causes him to revert back into the Sawyer of old he's very aggressive he's very like driving very driven in the sense like it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks Sawyer's going to do what he wants to do but what I love and it, it it's another it's one of my favorite moments from these five episodes is the reconnection of Sawyer and Jin yes when they meet and he discovers Jin is still alive and they hug and he's smiling and he's happy yes. in an instant, we're back to the Sawyer that we love. And all it took yes. was hope that if Jin mm-hmm. is still alive, so is everybody else. Right. Because, right. Because Jin was on the freighter yeah. on an exploding freighter. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I if, agree. If the one person I was so convinced is dead is still alive, everybody else can be too. Well, and Jin was a part of Team Raft. Don't don't forget. Mm-hmm. So Team Raft, you know, still still lives on. With, well, with uh, the exception of Michael, because Michael Michael's dead at this point. Well, right, but <laughs> to, but you know, we, we're in the last two two pieces of of Team Raft. Yes. So I, you know, he's just like, oh, 
oh, you're still alive and you're my friend. Which, which, like, it's it's such a crazy thing to think about how much these two characters hated each other in the beginning of this series. Mm Mm-hmm. They they fought like physically fought with each mm-hmm. other. They've threatened each other's lives to this point now, where they're so happy to see each other, which just made like I'm happy just thinking about it. Yeah, right now thinking about that scene of them embracing, and then at the same time seeing Juliet in the background, who is also smiling, who's also incredibly happy. Yeah, because she's happy one to see Jin is still alive, but I think her happiness also stems from seeing Sawyer happy because well ground Sawyer right yes. i mean fear fear is very is a very tricky thing um with Sawyer you know he gets scared he starts to lash out he gets angry he starts yelling he becomes erratic right mm-hmm. seeing jin stabilizes him a little bit, right? And now Juliet doesn't have to be the only Sawyer stabilizer. There's another Sawyer stabilizer now. And that that second person in Jin is going to really help ground Sawyer. And we see that in this season on how much it does ground Sawyer. So mm-hmm. I'm really looking forward to what's coming up. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm I, incredibly yeah. I love season five. <laughs> I, it's I think it's probably What's sad about it is I think this is a point where a lot of people who kind of thought negatively of the show kind of dropped off. Which is a bummer. It is because this is one of the best seasons of the I show. totally agree. Mm-hmm. And it's the people that dropped off at this point, man, go back and and rewatch it. And because Definitely. it's, it's Although, so great. Um, so this is, though, as great as it is, this is... I, I noticed that these five episodes is when I started to kind of turn away from being a Locke fan. Um, and well, because I think it's not John Locke anymore. Well, it is, it, it is right now. Oh yes. Yes. You're right. Yeah. Yep. But, um, and I don't know if that's like intentional because he's going to move into this completely different role upcoming, or if it's because it's the writing or, or they maybe maybe the writers felt a little lost with how to correctly navigate John Locke's transition into the, these episodes or something, but there's just he just starts to, you know, it, it, it's not just the manipulation and me pitting him anymore. It's me saying, dude, like stop. I I just there's there's something about John Locke in these episodes where I'm like, oh, I've had enough, buddy. <laughs> well, but maybe that's done intentionally. Because right, and that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's something that was probably done intentionally because we're going to discover this huge twist on the John Locke character, which mm-hmm. we've kind of spoiled already in that it's not John Locke anymore. Mm-hmm. It's now you he's spoiled just, it. I did. Sorry, <laughs> um, we spoiled it in past episodes too. But like he, it's no longer John Locke. It's now he's just a vessel. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a, not for, now though. Um, it is next episode. Yeah, but it's not right now. It's not in the past five episodes. With no, him. but I, th- but I think what they're doing with John's character at this point was intentional, so yeah. that we can kind okay. of write off the John okay. Locke character when we find out when we discover the next iteration of John Locke. 
Okay. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, because what it, it's not the next episode, but it's in two episodes. It's the life and death of Jeremy Bentham. The life and death of Jeremy Bentham. Yep. Yeah. And that's where we kind of get Locke's story and uh, what kind of happens to him during the three years. These next three episodes, uh, 316, The Life and Death of Jeremy Bentham, and LaFleur are three of the best episodes, especially LaFleur. I love LaFleur. That's mm-hmm. one of my favorite episodes of season yeah, five. Yeah, me too. I can't wait. I'm excited. Um, these next three episodes are such a ramp up to the story mm-hmm. of season five. Yeah. Um, that I just, I can't wait. I'm so happy. I'm so excited that we are back to doing this. Yeah, me too. And it's going to be, it's going to be tough to not watch ahead. I know. I know. (laughs) I get it. Um, so another thing that I wanted to talk about was, uh, Charlotte's death. Charlotte isn't even one of my favorite characters. (laughs) She's never been one of my favorite characters. And yet every single time I watch that poor woman die, I, it just it affects me every single time. It's, I, I think it's the I'm not supposed to have chocolate before dinner comment right before she dies. Yeah. So innocent and childlike. And you see her deteriorating for five straight episodes. And there's nothing that Daniel can do to help her. Nothing. And I th- I think that's what really affects me when I want because I'm the same way. Like I, mm-hmm. I feel very my heart drops anytime, every time I see Charlotte die. And I don't think it's Charlotte's death that really affects me as much as the time jump afterwards when Daniel is there and she's not. Mm. That's God. I just got chills just thinking about that. It that's, I think that's what affects me more than Charlotte's death mm-hmm. is the fact that they time jump after she dies. Daniel is there she's left behind and it's because I know how Daniel felt about Charlotte Mm -hmm. and it's not, he has no closure because Mm -hmm. there's nobody for him to mourn over. She's just gone. I know it's terrible. And I think that's what affects me more than anything. You're right. Like I'm not supposed to have chocolate before dinner is very effective in, in making you feel for this character. But I think it's her body just being left behind Mm -hmm. is kind of like, that's what does it more for me than anything else. Yeah. Well, and isn't that just how death is though? You know, it death is sad for the ones that are left behind. Yes. That's a good point. Yeah. This is just that to the nth degree. Right, right. You know, this you know, when that actual, person isn't like, there anymore, you can't yeah. touch them anymore. You can't experience them anymore. They're just gone. It's just, it's just weird to think, though, that at some period in time, there's just the body of somebody laying there. Right, and that's that. That would disturb me too. You know, just that she was never buried. She was never properly uh, honored. You know, because so. I don't. And I don't know if we know what time period that happened because they were jumping around so much at that point. That could have been in the past. That could have been Mm -hmm. in the future. We don't know. Right. She's just lost in time. And that, yeah. And that's, and uh, you know, that is exactly what she said in the title of the episode. This place is death. Yeah. That's the, I think that that 
right there, Charlotte's entire arc, uh, especially in that last episode, is totally a representation of what the island is. Well, and they start to build up. Like you said, like Charlotte wasn't exactly one of your favorite characters. You don't really feel connected to Charlotte too much up until this point. It's not until that episode that you really start to feel that connection, especially considering the fact that it it really starts when Charlotte is confessing to Daniel that she remembers being approached by him in the past. Right. Who tells her, don't come to the island. Now, here's the question. Does that mean that one of them is the other one's constant? Because I just thought of that. Yeah, is but if Faraday that was, Charlotte's constant. If that was true, then Charlotte wouldn't have died. She would. She also sick. remembered it. Right. It didn't come to her until they were jumping through time. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so you're right. They they they're not. Unfortunately, one of not the constant to the other. Mm-hmm. She would have remembered. And I was surprised that Miles had nosebleeds given his history with the island. Well, he was born there. Right. Yeah. But he didn't know that. Remember in the, in these first five episodes, he says this, I've never been on this island before. That's true. But he, but we do know he does some, he does have some kind of weird connection to the island. Well, right. no, that he has that connection off the island too. Right. So, yeah. Okay. Miles is just an interest. I I love Miles' character so much. Here's something I just thought of going back to Daniel and Charlotte. Charlotte telling Daniel that she remembers being approached by him disproves Daniel's theory that you cannot change the past. Because Daniel tells her not to come back to the island in which she remembers. You can affect the past. <clears throat> well, she just no. doesn't listen. No, because she doesn't remember it. She doesn't. She doesn't remember having that conversation, which means that it probably didn't happen. You know, during during the time that she was actually deciding to come back to the island or becoming an anthropologist or you know something like that, she probably didn't remember it. Or Daniel hadn't seen her because Daniel had to get to the island first in order to find her to say, don't come back to the island because you're going to die, right? Yeah. Just like with okay. Desmond, just like with Desmond, he didn't remember that memory until Daniel had that conversation with him. It's, yeah, you're right. Because now, now that I'm thinking about it, she probably didn't remember that. Well, no, it kind of goes along with it because Daniel didn't, she didn't remember Daniel ever saying that until she was dying as they were jumping through time. Mm-hmm. And the reason probably why she remembered that is because in the jumping through time is when Daniel tells her. So it, in essence, she remembers it as she's dying because it became a new memory. Right. But a little too but late. That, but that, but doesn't that now mean that you can indeed change the past? It was just a little too late. No, I don't think so. I think that it proves that you can't you can't change anything. Okay. Because she was going to die anyways. All right. Okay. All right. That's a good point. All it did was just give her a memory that she had as she was dying. Right. Okay. Maybe. Maybe you're I don't right. Know. I don't it's, know. 
It's timey wimey wibbly. This is this is the trippiest part of the show. Is yes. is when they play with time to this extent, and you're just like, oh my gosh, I need I need like several timelines. I need well, a lot of yarn. Well, because it kind of it kind of settles next episode when the right. island stops, the time talk stops. Right to to a degree, there's still a little bit, but it's not. Once the island stops jumping. The whole confusion of time travel and everything kind of fizzles. Right. I can't and wait they till they focus stop. on the story. Well, I think they've technically stopped now, haven't they? Right. Mm-hmm. They've this stopped. Should be, this should be it. Yep. This is the 1960s? 70s? Is it 70s or the 60s? I think it's 70s. We'll see. You might be right. Yeah. I don't know. Any other notes? I've kind of covered everything I want to talk about. Any other notes from these five? Mm -hmm. Okay. We went, we dove deeper into these five, into recapping these five than I thought we were going to. That was fun. That's par for the course for us. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) So, uh, but that means next episode, we are diving deep. We're going episode to episode again, uh, as we did before, uh, starting with season five, episode six, titled 316. Uh, and this is, like I said, we've we've enjoyed the appetizer. We're now getting into the entree. Ready to eat. Season five. Yeah. Yep. I'm hungry. <laughs> I'm actually I, hungry. For real I know. Hungry. <laughs> I, know. I, am, I am too. Um, but yeah. So uh, next episode, as I mentioned, uh, there'll be a video element. So you'll get to either watch or listen, whatever you decide. Everything will be on the website. Uh, revisitedpod.com as we mentioned before brand new website please leave us feedback uh, and we'd love to read it we'd love to read it on the podcast because uh, we do have some for this which I was not expecting Uh, you know you can always count on Steve right we can always count on Steve Brown to leave us some kind of uh, some kind of feedback so uh, as per usual we haven't heard this before, so we're going to play it. We're all going to be listening to it for the first time together. But uh, let's check it out. This is our voicemail feedback for this episode from uh, our friend Steve Brown. Hello, Ben and Kristen and the Revisited Podcast. I love it. I love the rebranding. I love that you're back. I'm so excited. And to answer your question from their December uh, Proof of Life podcast, Pake is the one who coined the phrase Live Steve or the there word Live Steve, however you want to want to put it. So uh, I'm going to watch episodes one through five and give you my thoughts, uh, maybe throughout, but not like a actual live Steve. All right, here we go. Oh, this is Steve. Ben is a liar. We need to not forget that. (laughs) Episode two, poor Neil. All he wanted was some fire. Oh, and he got it. This season really had some long cold opens. I mean, episode three has like a seven and a half minute cold open. First off wants to comment during this episode, but is Richard Alpert ever explained? I don't remember if they ever explain to us what his presence is and why he never ages and all that. I just don't remember. Oh, in episode four, we get to see the birth of Aaron and we see Kate uh, delivering Claire's baby and, and Sawyer's got to watch from the bushes. Oh, and Josh Holloway just plays that so well, man. He's good an actor. Wow. And I'm already up to episode five. Gosh, Jen is alive. We've got the young Danielle Rousseau. Whoo. Wow. So I never, I never put it together before until now. But Jen saved Alex's life by not letting Rousseau go down uh, after the smoke monster in this uh, episode five. 
I love Saeed. I love this line from C- from episode five. If I see you or him, it'll be extremely unpleasant for all of us. Oh, Charlotte just said this place is death. The title of the episode, mic drop. <laughs> you just had to say something. <laughs> Juliet and Sawyer. I love their love story. And I can't wait to see how the, the it plays out. And I remember. I don't remember. So it, do we ever know if uh, Jack's father that that uh, John is talking to in the well, if that's the man in black or if that's Jacob, you got a bad guy. It doesn't matter really. Dang. Let's get started on to episode six. That'll be a full live Steve. Uh, not just one sentence. Sorry. It's a little over two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now we're officially back. Yes. Now I feel like we're officially <laughs> back. Thank you, that. Steve. Uh, yeah, thanks, I just Steve. want to go on record and say that we we are the first ones that he actually actually live steved for. Yes. So everybody else can coin the phrases, but it started right here at this podcast. Yeah, Paik may have coined the phrase, but it debuted. It originated with this right podcast. here. <laughs> <laughs> and I just thought about it too. Like, unfortunately, like I we have the new feature on the website where you can push the button and record your feedback right through the website. Steve's not going to be able to do that because you have to push the button and, and let it record. It'll so he can't happening. do live steving, but I don't think that's going to bother Steve at all. No. Steve continue to send your live stevings. We love it. Uh, and to anybody else, please feel free to send us feedback, whether it's about the episode, anything we talked about in this episode, anything you want us to talk about, recommendations you want to recommend for us, uh, go to the website, leave us the feedback, and of course, we'll read it or play it on the podcast. Yes, please. Um, speaking of recommendations, anything uh, going forward, I think we're just going to take turns on episodes. So this way we both don't have a recommendation. We'll do one like you'll do one one week. I'll do one the next week. We'll just go sure. back and forth. Um, this way we don't have to constantly figure out something every week. Um, but for this episode, anything you have, we'll start that next week. Anything you have you want to recommend? TV show, Severance. I just started watching it. It's amazing. I can't, I just, I love it so much. It's so Adam original Scott. and wonderful. I, I love, and I love Adam Scott. Uh, and for a book, uh, Born a Crime by Trevor Noah. I'm reading that right now, and it's fantastic. Nice. Yeah, you, we were just talking about that before we started recording. Uh, for me, I'm going to recommend two podcasts. I'm going to recommend um, the, the first one is uh, check out my other podcast, Wilhelm, wilhelmpodcast.com. Uh, Kristen just joined me with along with our friend Jason to do our best of 2022 episode, which ran almost three hours. It was worth it. And it was totally worth it because we had so much fun on that. Um, so check that out, wilhelmpodcast.com. Just the same as Revisited. You can listen, videos, everything. It's right there on the website. Uh, and the other podcast I want to recommend is through our... Um, this is a Podcastica podcast now. As, as always, it's always been a work with Podcastica. But go check out um, The Cast of Us which is a new podcast that's going to be covering the show, The Last of Us on HBO. Uh, the show, at the time you're hearing this, debuts uh, Sunday. Sunday. Well, you won't be hearing this until Sunday, so it debuts tonight. Uh, if you're listening to it the day it de- the, the time it debuts. Uh, and the podcast will, I think, post on Tuesday. But it's myself, Jason, our friend Rima, uh, our friend Eric, a.k.a. Mr. Blog, and our friend Lucy as a rotating cast. We're going to be covering the show every week. 
uh, on that for the next nine weeks. And we just posted the second one will be posted by the time you're hearing this, but there's two bonus episodes. One is kind of a preview episode to the show, what we know about the show and the video games. And then the second one was me, Jason and Mr. Blog with a special guest debating as to whether or not the last of us is a zombie television series and what exactly constitutes a zombie uh which was a ton of fun to kind of debate over so uh but i the can't cast wait of us, for the last of us i can't I wait can't, for that show oh, gosh the i can't ratings wait. have been phenomenal it's at a 97 percent on rotten tomatoes and an 84 on metacritic you know what pedro pascal what a perfect what a perfect choice he and he he's gonna have a good year between the last of us and season three of mandalorian that yeah. guy's gonna have a good year yeah, and he was in one of my top five favorite movies for 2022 as well, which go listen to the podcast if you want to know what movie that was. Um, but yeah, to to listen to that, so we highly recommend you going to and subscribing to listen to that as well, especially if you're a fan of the show or the game, uh, which you can do at thecastofus.com. That's where you can do that. I've never played the game, and I'm still very excited about the show. I'm so stoked for it. You have no idea. Like, I'm so excited for the show this weekend i'm excited to podcast on it i just i love the games so much we got some good stuff coming up for sure it's gonna be a good year i could feel it 2023 we're all all staying busy yes that's good. good that's good and some more news and some more great news in pop culture is this season will be the final season of fear of the walking dead I did see that. (laughs) (laughs) I have never seen so many people so happy to hear of a show coming to an end. It's so funny because you just, you don't have to watch it, but you know, I I get it. Like walking dead fans are like, no, I have to watch it. I have to watch it. And I get it, but you don't, I I'm just, I'm here to tell you, you don't have to watch it. (laughs) No, because most of the people that are watching it are hate watching it. It, It's a, it's a hate watch show for sure. For yeah, sure. They're they're hate watching it. I I gave up on the show completely. They killed off my favorite character and I never watched another episode past it. I just so, gave up because I got bored and busy. Yeah. It's a horrible show. <laughs> yeah. That's a bummer. It had a lot of potential. Yeah, it does. But we got two new spin off three new spin-offs coming soon. Yep. Um one of them I know, one of which you will not be watching. Uh, I'm probably only going to watch the Rick and Michonne one. You're not even going to watch the premise is so stupid. I don't even know. Like, like I, I, I'm no, I'm not going to know what is so stupid about him getting, he gets abducted into France. No, (laughs) fuck that. Sorry. No, I, no, no. (laughs) I mean, good on everybody else for watching it, but I will, I, you know what? No. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be covering. I need Rick Rams. I need. I'm going to be covering Dead City on the cast of us. So great for you. I know. (laughs) (laughs) So happy for you. I know, but you could care less about the show. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. I can't. I can't do it. it. No, it's totally, totally fine. Yeah. So uh, I I hope hope Maggie kills Negan halfway through. (laughs) You never know. I really hope she bashes his brains right in with a baseball bat. It's uh and I hope it, Herschel like helps. <laughs> well, we know he'll be there. Yeah. I just hope that the, he helps. I seriously, yeah. like kill off the character, please. Please. Maybe he'll sacrifice himself for Herschel. 
Great. Is he, is he, is he going to die? <laughs> that would usually what happens when he sacrifices yourself. Great. So, uh, I think that's a good point to wrap it up. Um, <laughs> uh, thank you guys for being patient with us, uh, to, to come back to this. We're incredibly excited to finally be back to this, this episode alone, just deep diving into this, into these five episodes again, um, we took a deeper dive than we anticipated, but that just means we're incredibly excited to get back to this show. Yes. Uh, it shows how much we love this show and how yes. much we love podcasting about it. Yes. Um, so I, I just, just wrapping this episode up has me incredibly motivated to keep going and to, to get back to this. So thank you guys for, again, thank you for being patient and sticking it out. Uh, Hopefully you're as excited to have us back as we are to be back. And if not, get excited because it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Because <laughs> I'm going to be reaching out to some of the cast, man, to get them on. We had MC Ganey on before. Um, we had, I had a, a talking relationship with uh, Brad William Henke, who Rima and I had on Strange Indeed when we were talking about The Stand. Uh, and sadly, Brad passed away last month. Hmm. So, which was really a bummer because, I, you know, again, I had him on my Wilhelm podcast. We had him on Strange Indeed, and he was willing to come on this podcast at the time. And unfortunately, like I said, he passed away about a month or two ago. So it's um, it, it, we were really bummed to hear about that. But uh, I'm already working on Michael Emerson, which is awesome. Uh, ben Linus himself, and uh, we'll work on some others to uh to kind of beef up the show yes please we're talking about it and we're already looking to the future as to some possible shows we can cover when we're finished with lost but we'll talk about that when we get there yeah let's get through this first yes exactly it's been like four years <laughs> hasn't been that long it's been pretty long it's like a year and a half long enough too long we'll just leave it at that okay too long uh go ahead no <laughs> you I was gonna say you you did that inhale, like you I, was, I did the inhale of okay. That that's a that's good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, thank you for listening. Thank you for always being a part of this family. Uh, next episode three one six. Until then, we'll see you down the road. Bye. See you down further on down that rabbit hole. Damn, Come on, man. Fresh. That's what you right. say. I gotta get back to that. Okay, <laughs> leaving this in because. This this gives people the idea that we're shaking the rust off, shaking that final <laughs> rust off. Uh, let me do that again. Uh, thank you for <laughs> Take listening. Two. Take two. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Next episode, 316. But until then, we'll see you further on down that rabbit hole. Take care. Bye. <laughs>